0: Folks, the arms race for Timo Meyer is officially heating up and the Winnipeg Jets are in hot pursuit. Sounds like the Jets are making plenty of plays, but they're not the only ones in the race and the rest of the league is actively making some pretty big deals that are going to shape how this Timo Meyer market might really impact the Jets. We'll go over all of that on tonight's episode of Locked on Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, friends, on this late episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow my personal Twitter at HLivingLocal and the podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, like I said on tonight's episode, we're going to be diving into uh, some pretty big trade stuff around the Jets. But before we go any further, just wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Now, taking a look back at the uh, the NHL, obviously, it's been uh, a pretty crazy week for, you know, the Jets kind of waiting on, on Timo Meyer. They have been heavily linked to Timo over the last few days um, increasingly we're getting more and more rumors about trade options, teams that are pursuing Timo, and, you know, it's kind of become the hunt for Red October, but in, in this case, everyone is after the, I guess, nuclear prize of Timo Meier's incredible offensive explosiveness. He is a phenomenal player. He truly has uh, all of the dynamic skills, the skating, the shooting, the vision, the passing. It's 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 hard to describe him as anything other than a superbly complete package and a truly dynamic offensive uh, platform. So naturally, he's going to be one of the most expensive and most sought-after trade deadline targets. But around him, there have been a lot of moving pieces. So the Jets were recently in San Jose this uh, this past week. Uh, it sounds like Kevin Cheveldaev was actually at the game. I think it was on Tuesday uh, and was actively you know attending, which is pretty cool because it means Chevy is taking this pretty seriously usually GMs attend if they're really deep in conversations about a a trade package or something, which makes me think the Jets might actually be a lot closer to Timo Meyer than some of their uh, competing rivals. But that's just a guess. It's all speculation at this point. We really don't know. And oftentimes, Winnipeg is one of those teams that plays it really close to the vest. You won't know until it's just about to occur or basically being publicly announced. So let's just cross our fingers and hope that the deal is close because New Jersey and Carolina are currently two of the top teams that are really competing for Meyer. Arguably, they have better inside tracks to him because both teams have some really good assets. They have some legitimate roster players that they could exchange. And, you know, there's a chance that both franchises could move heaven and earth to try and not only trade for Meyer, but also resign and extend him. So Winnipeg is in a bit of a tough position but I will say one thing you know the trade market for the Jets is looking more and more favorable even if they don't exactly acquire Timo Meyer, which I think would be a massive disappointment it does seem like a lot of teams are are starting to jump the gun early which means a lot of the squads out there who are holding on to assets holding on to players that are 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 you know tr- you know prime trade deadline candidates they're going to have to start liquidating assets the closer we get to March. So, you know, the Jets might actually be better served just waiting for most of the assets that they were looking at acquiring because by the time the trade deadline rolls around, the prices might actually be closer to the floor than they are the ceiling. And for the Jets, that is fantastic news. Now, all of this comes off of the back of today's announcement that Vlady Tarasenko is going from the Blues to the Rangers. And in exchange, um, you know, as, as part of this whole package, Tarasenko and Nico, Nikola went to the Rangers. Rangers sent back Sammy Blaise, uh Hunter Skinner, and a conditional 2023 first round and a 2024 fourth round. So, you know, the trade market, I think, is is showcasing and highlighting that rentals this year, they're not going to be super cheap. But you look at that package, right? Uh, you're getting a decent depth defender. You're getting Tarasenko, who at this stage of his career is still a supreme finisher, even if the rest of his game has taken several steps back. But, you know, a conditional first rounder, uh, a mid-tier like middle six player and Sammy, you know, a prospect that might occasionally be decent in Skinner and another, you know, lower round pick. That's not a massive, massive package when you start breaking it down. So for me, Timo is definitely going to be the premium option. And I think this is one area where the Jets are potentially going to struggle against a team like Carolina. I think the Canes may have more prospects uh, to offer than the Jets do, but it's hard to say right now. If the Jets dangle one of Chaz Lucius or Brad Lambert, and then maybe, you know, a Stanley or a Heinle or something, I could see a number of teams really being interested, and especially a squad like San Jose. If you're looking for a high-impact, massive player, you know, the Jets really should be willing to pay up And kind of break open the bank vault. But I I don't know. The more I hear about New Jersey and Carolina being in on this, the harder this race is going to be. But, you know, one positive spin. The Rangers are now basically out uh, with the Tarasenko deal. I think that was kind of their, I would say, like halfway point, right? You know, they didn't want to throw everything at the wall. And they really couldn't see a scenario where Meyer was going to uh, be an asset that they could actually afford So they went with plan B and plan B wasn't amazing, but it wasn't terrible either. Now that does mean, you know, one less competitor for the Jets to deal with. And we all love a field that supports Winnipeg and makes it easier to acquire top end talent because we all know for the Jets, it has not been easy over the years. But of course, I do want to dive into some of the, I guess, longer term ramifications of how all of this is going to shape up for the trade market. And ultimately, where Winnipeg really ranks in all of this, because as all of these deals are coming in, I think the Jets are finding themselves in a better and better position if they can play their cards right. We'll dive into why in just a moment. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and super easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to how many touchdowns your favorite QB might be tossing. If you are a Mahomes or a Jalen Hurts fan, this is going to be a firecracker Super Bowl for you. Lots of touchdowns, I would imagine, but if you have to choose one player to really focus on, probably going to be Hurts, right? You know, Mahomes' ankle, we don't know what that's like, so let's just assume that uh, this is going to be the Eagles year once again, and KC might have to wait one more season to try and go back for yet another title, but no matter who you choose, uh, FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use, and best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. Who doesn't love some instant gratification? I know I do. So join FanDuel today at fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, We are just talking, of course, about the trade deadline and all the stuff that's happening. And, uh, you know, the the trade deadline is definitely starting to heat up. Uh, We are like, what, three weeks or so away from it. So obviously for the Jets, this is kind of crunch time. Winnipeg has had a number of days off. We got our first game back against the Hawks over the weekend. It's a nice return and hopefully should be a big victory at home for the Jets. But in the meantime, you know, there have been some questions about who the Jets are actually targeting. You know, Jeff Merrick suggested James Van Riemsdyk, which I think Van Riemsdyk is actually a really interesting name. Somebody in my fantasy hockey pool was talking about JVR, And when I looked at his contract structure, right, uh, his cap hit us on the higher side, but to be honest, because his salary uh, in this final year is actually pretty low for the Jets. This is a really op, like a really interesting option for your middle six. Now he's not really close to like a Debrinket or, uh, of Meyer, right? JVR kind of comfortably fits more in that elite third-line scorer that I think the Jets have really been needing. He's got veteran skill, great vision, an excellent release. He can probably boost the power play as well. But the biggest thing with JVR is that, you know, what, he's 32, 33. You're seeing him slow down. And in terms of like that high-octane offense that you're probably asking for, especially under Bones, who really likes uh, a constant press a lot of pressure up the ice JVR is, is not quite that kind of player but by the same token I'm looking for a guy who can really be an offensive finisher um you know responsible with the puck somebody who's you know not going to cheaply turn it over JVR I think checks off enough boxes to where you know <laughs> With some of the cap hit uh, cap retained and some of the salary retained, I don't mind it. I think that there's a real option here for the Jets, and I don't think it would actually cost them that much to do this deal. Uh, JVR is kind of in that, like I said, middle six rotation, but I think for the Jets, he would kind of fall more into the Stastny trade where I think, you know, with the right uh, scenarios and settings and quality of competition, he's going to be a sneaky great add. Now I've also seen a lot of buzz around Jonathan Taves. Let's just skip Taves, uh you know, regardless of all of the stuff that happened in Chicago, even putting that aside for a second, just as a hockey player, Taves is not who he used to be, not even close. Uh you're looking more at like a bottom six center who's making middle six to top six money and even if you retain like half of his deal, his cap hit is still going to be a lot more than what he really brings. Taves at this stage of his career might be good at faceoffs might even score you a few points but the you know the reality is um in terms of the level of player he is uh, it's just not really bringing enough you know defensively his his skills have waned offensively he's not really creating a ton of scoring chances he's just sort of on the wrong end of his 30s and i think it's time for the jets to move on rather than trying to bring him home uh you know and that's you know before we even get into all of the Kyle Beach stuff so I think for the Jets, there are just many better options. We've already talked about a number of them. You know, I'm not a huge fan of Max Domi, but I wouldn't mind Domi over Taves in this respect. I think Max is a better player. I think he brings more finishing talent, and that's kind of one of the big things that the Jets are missing. So, you know, looking at other options, I think Connor Garland still remains an interesting choice. Now, there was one rumor that I think really caught my eye, and it's that the Oilers might actually test fouillier on waivers. And if that's the case, you know, I really think the jets should put in a claim. Now, look, I, I get it. Pouye you're going to look at him. You're going to look at his numbers. You're going to see all of this stuff that uh, has been said about him over the years. And you're going to say, you know, Harrison, what is the point of trading or even just claiming yes, a Puyo-Yarvi for like, you know, what, what is it going to be? Probably close to about a million and a half in cap hidden salary uh, for the second half of the season. Well, Yes, uh kind of does everything except score. I mean, he's an amazing creator, somebody who drives really hard to the net. Uh, he's uh, the kind of forechecking presence that I think Bones would actually really appreciate, but he's a skilled forechecker. And I think that kind of goes under the radar. You know, what made Perot and, and Kopp and some of these other guys so good is that their spatial awareness and their understanding of where they were on the ice was elite. And so when they use that physicality, they use that positioning to really force turnovers to get into good positions in, you know, near the slot. It, it came with a genuine goal scoring threat. And I think Puya is going to be the kind of guy who, even if his finishing kind of sucks, I mean, the main thing you want him to do is create space for his line mates and be kind of that human wrecking ball. And I think You know, from what I've seen of him and every time he's come, you know, to to play against the Jets, he's always a really dynamic force and really hard to contain. So, you know, for the gamble of essentially no assets except cap space, I think he makes a really intriguing claim. I would really like to see him kind of resuscitate his career with the Jets, Uh, you know, for sentimental reasons. I love him as a person, but I also think he has the skill sets and tool sets to really thrive on a team that understands what he's good at and puts him in the right role. Now, will that be the Jets, and will they be willing to take the gamble? I don't know, but I'm intrigued all the same. It's not like the Jets have that amazing of a bottom six anyway, so what's the harm? See what Puyarvi can do and see if he might be the kind of player who can really help solidify and fortify the the depth while the Jets maybe chase bigger and better things for the top six. But we'll dive into... uh, Kind of Winnipeg's place in this whole trade market and and how, you know, being patient might actually work out for Winnipeg's, uh, I, I guess, longer term ambitions here this season in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I want to shout out our friends and partners at Built. Those of you who have heard me talk about Built know that I'm personally a big fan of their Built Bar product, which is the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar it's got a 100% real chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in fabulous flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. Uh, My personal favorite was actually raspberry dark chocolate. Very simple, very straightforward. But because it does it well and has a great flavor base and is also really good for you, it's one that I highly recommend. Now, you notice I just said it's good for you, right? How can something that tastes like a candy bar be good for you? Well, Built Bars clock in at around 130 to 140 calories, four to five grams of net carbs, and anywhere from 15 to 17 grams of protein. So whether you're looking for a lifestyle change, maybe a meal replacement in the morning, maybe something before you hit the gym, or just a snack to replace those candy bar cravings, Built Bars are perfect for you. And you can get plenty of flavors online at Built.com, or if you want to try one of their preset boxes, you can pick them up at Sam's Club and Walmart in four counts and 13 counts. uh, So... Really, you can't go wrong. I highly recommend Built Bar, and I promise you will not regret it if you check him out. Hello friends, and welcome back to this episode of Lockdown Winnipeg Jets, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are just closing out tonight's episode with some really fast thoughts on ultimately where the Jets kind of rank in all of this trade deadline madness. I think Winnipeg for me is kind of the sleeping giant of this whole trade deadline. The Jets have a long-term picture where they're going to have a lot of cap space pretty soon. Obviously, some of the players that are are currently um, going to be part of the exodus in terms of expiring deals, they'll come back on new contracts and that cap space will kind of disappear quickly, right? But say you're talking about a Timo Meyer, right? Dubois' money would have been the money that I think Meyer needs. And with Dubois likely walking at some point, it opens up a lot of opportunities for the Jets to not only trade for A major rental, but also trade for somebody who kind of tracks in for the next four to five years. I think that is something that the Jets are going to be really pushing for, especially because I I highly doubt they let Hellebuck go to free agency. Um, You know, he might field one or two offers or something, but I think at the end of the day, he's going to be a lifelong Jet. I, I, you know, I I firmly firmly believe that Winnipeg is going to give him one of the biggest contracts this team has ever given any player. And he'll be worth it, and I think it would be nice to lock him up for the remainder of his NHL career. So, you know, with all that in mind, you kind of have to push all the chips on the table. And with a lot of these teams, you know, like New Jersey, uh, Carolina, Boston, the Islanders, a lot of these teams were looking for options, and some of them have already made deals. But I think the Jets have such a good mixture of cap space, of assets that they can exchange especially on the defensive side of things and you know one or two star forward prospects plus you know a first rounder I I think the Jets are in really good straights and you know Winnipeg's first rounder will probably be a mid or back of the first round kind of pick so you know for the Jets if they let it go it's not going to be like a huge loss necessarily I think Winnipeg would gladly exchange it for a major player like Timo and I think he'd be a game changer for this franchise. He would probably be the single best player the Jets have ever traded for. Uh, and that's saying a lot because, you know, when the Jets traded line a for Dubois, Dubois, you know, was kind of looking pretty decent in this first little stint. But then this year, he's really become an elite top line center. So for me to say that Meyer might even be better is not just high praise, it's just a real sign that the Jets are on the the verge of something potentially huge, if they can pull this deal off. I will say that you know, since finding out Carolina and New Jersey are among the front runners, I I will say my confidence has been a little bit shaken that the Jets are going to finish this one out. But if ever there was a time for Shovel Day off to really cash in, to cash out, and essentially put all the chips on the table for this team to really be competitive, it's now. I mean, Winnipeg. Has such a good route to a potential Stanley Cup Finals appearance? It would take a lot to go right, and it would take you know quite a, quite a few games won. But if there was a year to do it for Winnipeg, this has to be it. The West is weaker than ever. The East, you know, only one team can emerge from that side of things. And let's be honest: if the Bruins get knocked out, you know, suddenly it's anyone's game. And I think the Jets really should not discount that when thinking about whether or not this is the year to put the chips on the table and go for it all. So let me know what you think the Jets should do. Do you think they should really mortgage everything and and try to make one last push? Are you a little bit nervous about futures going out the door? Drop your thoughts in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform. But for tonight, like I said, That'll be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets.